following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. This is the MSP North Podcast with your host, Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller covering high school sports in Robertson and Montgomery counties. Hey guys, welcome back to the MSP North Podcast. We have a fun, fun episode lined up for you guys today. We are quite literally in the middle of the high school basketball postseason in between districts and region. Uh, Blaine, you've been having fun with the playoffs so far in your first uh, full season being the official reporter? Well, I'll say last year I remember covering a girls' first-round game at Northwest for you while I was freelancing and then going to Northeast to cover a boys' first-round district game. So Mm -hmm. being in one spot is a heck of a lot better than having to travel across town or even, you know, farther than that for a couple of games. Yeah, COVID really uh, made things difficult on us last year. But uh, you mentioned Northwest. Uh, that's a that's a good little segue into our first guest of the show. It is Ben Wallace, head coach of the Northwest Lady Vikings. They're going to be the number two seed in their region after um, getting kind of an upset loss with Henry County. They had beaten them twice in the regular season. Um, ben, I, I hate to start you off with a, a sour note, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about that district championship game? Well, first off, I'm not sure it was an upset. I know that we won the first two games, but uh, we beat them at our place by, I don't remember, five, I think, or six, and then we beat them at their place by five or six. Um, I think it was 81-75, something like that, at their place. And uh, we played great basketball, and they played great basketball. And so, uh, I, well, I mean, we were fortunate to win those first two games, I'm not sure that the championship was a case of an upset. I think it was more of a toss-up. And uh, Henry County played outstanding. They were 11 of 25 from three-point line. And I promise we were trying to guard them. And, uh, you know, they, they just did a great job. But we, we did not play that bad. Uh, we didn't shoot the ball real well like we had been doing against them in the past. We only had five turnovers, um, five. I mean, that's. Uh, I think that's got to be a school record for us. <laughs> and uh, you know, we I, they they just beat us. They're they're a very good team. I don't know that that is a terrible upset. And I and honestly, I don't know that it affected the region situation. Um, you know, we're playing uh, Northeast on Friday instead of Springfield, but. Beyond that, I don't know that it matters. So, uh, of course, we wanted to win the game, but um, it was just two good basketball teams playing, and and really we won the first three quarters, and then we just kind of messed up in the fourth quarter, and and they beat us in that quarter, and they won the game. So, uh, we we just got to move on. And coach, I've been following along a little bit with, with Brady's work, and. It almost seems like with the tough schedule that you guys have played and, you know, a couple of the losses kind of being, you know, just two great basketball teams playing against each other. And you mentioned the Henry County game. Like you said, Henry hits 11 three-pointers and you guys only turn the ball five times. 
Do you hang your hat on this? Do you worry at all? It kind of sounds like you're unfazed a little bit. Well, well, I think that you have to be. Um, you know, we, we can't live in the past. That game is over, and we've got a very important game on Friday night that we've got to take care of business on and hopefully um, get to move on and play, uh, you know, further on in the playoffs. Um, you know, am I – does it bother me that we didn't shoot the ball as well as we should and we kind of had a, a uh, lapse in judgment there at one point in the fourth quarter? That aggravates me a little bit, but it's, it's you're talking about high school kids. And we were playing hard. Um, you know, I, I, when we come out on Friday night, we're going to be playing hard again. And, uh, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I never want to lose a game. And so I'm upset from that standpoint. But it's not like we went out there and we just laid down and we played poorly and, you know, we're, we're going to be there ready to play on Friday and hopefully in the future. And, you know, it sometimes you just don't win. When you're playing a good team, sometimes you just don't win. So uh, that's kind of the approach that, I, that I've had with them. And, uh, you know, with this whole season, we've, we've had to adjust to um, kind of a different role. We're, we were not really climbing the ladder we were standing at the top trying to hang on, you know, and that's a different mindset that you have to have. And, um, you know, it, it's this, this year has been challenging at times. Um, but, you know, from, from a coaching standpoint, overall, I'm not, I'm not upset with this. I, I, I'm not worried about it. We're going to be fine. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I want to talk real quick about your Miss Basketball finalist. Uh, Tamia Scott seems like she's finally getting that statewide recognition that she's really done a lot to uh, deserve. Um, I, wanna, I want you to give, I wanna give you the chance real quick to uh, state the case for Tamia as Miss Basketball in 4A. Well, uh, first off, I don't know that I can say enough about how great a young lady she is. Uh, to me, is is uh, a great basketball player, but she's a great kid, and so that has made it a lot of fun over the last four years to to get to be with her and um, you know in, in, enjoy this uh, trip that we've been on together. Um, but at, from a basketball standpoint, to me, is um, she is a real problem for anyone to guard. She's quicker than most post players and she's tall enough that you, you need someone with a little bit of size to guard her and um, if you're not quick enough she's going to step out she plays a lot of guard for us anyway and she probably will be a guard in college and uh, so she's a she's a real tough matchup situation um, I was just looking she has been the she's had a double double in rebounds and points, uh, let's see, ten times. Um, you know, she's she's averaging uh, twenty-one points a game now and nine rebounds, but she's had a double-double. Um, in fact, the last uh, 
five games. Yeah, the last five games, he's had a double double, points and rebounds. Wow. And uh, you know, Henry County was mauling her. They were uh, they had somebody on her all night the other night, and um, it may have held her down a little bit, but she still had 17 points and uh, 12 rebounds, I think it was, and uh, she did everything that she could do. And so, I, you know, I, I, she just, she's a great kid, and she can defend, and she blocks shots. Uh, she's going to – I feel confident. I don't have all of the information to back it up, but I think she's got the school record for – career block shots. Um, she's got 316, I say, sorry, correction, 320 right now uh, for her career. And so there's, there is not much that I can complain about. She shoots with high percentage. Um, rebounding, uh, as she's great at assists. She is uh, second on the team in assists. We really have three players who are all right there together as far as assists. So, uh, I mean, she's just an outstanding kid and has led us and gotten better every year, I feel like, in doing that part, becoming a leader. And um, I, I, she absolutely should be Miss Basketball, in my opinion. And, Coach, when you look back last year, and you mentioned, of course, to me as your star player, and you've got a couple other players that are either looking to go to college or, or have the opportunity to play at the next level. But last season, you're 25 and four, and you have a group of players that you label as the unknowns that were kind of the bridge to get you to where you wanted to be. Is it the same situation this year, and has that role of players changed a little bit? Um, I think that uh, as far as those unknowns, I think that they are absolutely just as critical for us. Um, right now, every, of course, everyone knows you better guard Tamiya. You've got to do something to deal with Tamiya Scott. But Imaya Cobb, Kayla House, Kayla's been shooting the ball great, really all season. Um, she's, you know, she's having her best year this year. Imaya is, um, is a girl that is, people don't realize she's, She's averaging 11 or 12 points a game, but like uh, seven rebounds. She's uh, three assists, three steals. Um, she just gets a little bit of everything. Outstanding athlete, great defender. But people know about them. And at the higher levels, you've got to have other people that can contribute, and they're not going to have great nights every night. And you've got to have somebody to be able to pick up the slack. And so those unknowns, are just as critical this year as they were last year. And it's it worked out that it's kind of the same people, but some of the unknowns are a little more known this year. Uh, I've heard a couple of the coaches uh, using their names a little bit when they're talking about them after the game. And so uh, they've played a role, those uh, sort of unknown kids have played a role in us winning uh, games. Uh, the, the two games that we beat Henry County, uh, one kid who, frankly, Henry County wasn't even defending them. They were giving them the wide-open shot. She had four threes. And then we have a sophomore 
when we went down to Henry County, and she hit three threes. You know, and these are in the heat of the action, and so uh, big points, and they play good defense for us, and so they're critical. Um, it it right now we're only dressing ten on the varsity, and every single girl contributes to us in our success in some way. And if and if they don't, um, we're not going to be as successful. So those unknowns are very important to us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so you guys will play Northeast on Friday. Um, obviously, that's kind of a, a fun little directional rivalry here in uh, in Clarksville with the Northwest and Northeast matchup. Uh, tell me what you guys are uh, going to be looking to do in that game. Well, uh Really, we just want to play good fundamental basketball. I, I, you know, sometimes I think coaching uh, coaches can make a mistake by getting in the way of the players and uh, taking them out of things that they do because we decide we're gonna we're gonna step in and coach now. You know, uh, against Northeast, uh, they're gonna play us really hard. Uh, Sierra Bowser is their best offensive player. She's the best player. Period. She's an outstanding player um, for anybody, but uh, you know, for us, we just need to play good fundamental basketball. Take care of the basketball. Do what we do every night defensively. Uh, we're going to press like we always do. Um, we need to rebound better and then hit our free throws and layups. And if we do that, we're going to be fine. There, there's no magic to this. You just got to play high quality, solid basketball. And, um, you know, but I, I, we, we will definitely match the intensity that Northeast will play with. Um, Tracy does a great job over there coaching them. And, and, uh, like this year, she's a little short handed as far as the numbers of kids and, um, She's doing a great job with what she has available. And they're going to come at us hard. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll go at them hard. And um, I, I do not doubt our capabilities as long as we are focused and we are just being good fundamental basketball players. So I don't Absolutely. know if that answers your question, but. Oh, no, <laughs> no, you, you nailed it. You nailed it as always. Um, well, that will definitely be a good game. And uh, assuming things go with uh, the higher seeds winning, of course, we don't want to put the, the horse before or the cart before the horse here. Um, but we could have a matchup of two Miss Basketball finalists in that semifinal game. But uh, we'll talk about that once uh, once we get there. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yesterday to open practice. I read off a list of teams that were number one seeds that didn't win in the district tournament. Teams that got upset, if you want to call it an upset. In some cases, they were real upset, and in some cases, uh, the, the number two team is just as good as number one team. But uh, a number of cases all across the state where maybe somebody wasn't paying attention you know you overlook somebody and I was just reminding them that this happens and we want to leave no stone unturned we you know there there's already people are talking about that Monday night 
And, you know, we could play Clarksville High and Rossview and Henry County and there's four great teams, but we've all four got to get there. And so I, I reminded them that uh, you got to live in the here and now, and the here and now for us is Friday night. And so we're, we're focusing on that, but uh, hoping for, for good things in the future. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, Absolutely. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely we, we definitely don't want to overlook Northeast at all. Definitely they have not. beat players for uh, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you got players like Sierra Bowser, Kersani Mitchell, yeah, they're they're a tough team to overlook. But uh, but Ben, thank uh, you so much yeah. for joining us today. Uh, we, we we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day, and uh, best of luck on Friday. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I'm happy anytime that I can talk about the program. So. Uh, have me back anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully the season keeps going on a little longer for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, you know, Brady, whenever you told me that Ben Wallace was going to be on the call today, I got a little bit excited because Ben has some of the most interesting responses, I think, of any coach. I think it was a game last year where he gave you a phrase in Latin. Or something like that. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's a great interview. He always gets us some some great some great quotes. I remember. So so we mentioned the the quote unquote unknowns that they have. Um, I remember at one point. I think it, it might have been last season or, or this season. Um, he 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 told me it, it, his the team wasn't just Tamia and the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> that, that that's one I'll remember. That was a good one. Um, that's a good one. Wow. But yeah, he, he definitely does a great job. Um, now, before we get our second guest in here, which is actually going to be a, a very unique guest to the program, we're, we're very excited about that. Um, why don't we go ahead and uh, look at our uh, game of the week for this coming week? For sure. So mine's already happened. Spoiler alert, unfortunately. But, um, you know, the, the couple of games that we've got in region play um, in the county, you've got a lot of one fours, a lot of two threes. A lot of Robertson County teams have fortunately been the one or two. So there are a lot of matchups that should go in the favor of those one or two seeds. But Greenbrier and Portland District Championship last night was uh, one, one of the quickest games I think I've ever seen in my, in my time covering. There weren't a lot of stoppages. It was very fast-paced but low scoring. It was a 34-33 win by Portland. Duncan Smallwood gets a putback at the buzzer. What, what an incredible game. I, I thought it was really surprising. Uh, Portland's first district championship since 2003, and Greenbrier is still searching for their first since 2018. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a huge upset. Greenbrier's had a great season, so congratulations to Portland for that. That's a true upset, you know. Ben Ben said that his game wasn't quite one, but that Portland and Greenbrier definitely a true upset. Um, as for my game of the week, I'm looking at uh, Clarksville Academy on Saturday. The boys are in state hosting their game to hopefully get to uh, Tennessee Tech. Uh, it gets to Collierville for that final four. Uh, they're going to be hosting um, either St. George's out of Collierville or Notre Dame again uh, out of Chattanooga. Both of those teams are in the fifties uh, at, at max preps. Uh, whether how much stock you guys put into those rankings, it's it's up to you. But you know, kind of a, a, a decent little measuring stick for how good these teams might be. Um, but uh, 
Clarksville Academy, they're not, they're going to have home court advantage. And when you got a team coming from either Collierville or Chattanooga, that's a long way to Clarksville. So that's definitely going to be a huge home court advantage for them. And if they win that game, like I said, they're they're in that Final Four playing uh, in Cookville at Tennessee Tech. So really looking forward to that game. That's going to be on Saturday. And you bet I will be there. Well, I look forward to reading your coverage. And let's kind of stick in Clarksville a little bit. Stick in Clarksville and have some Springfield roots to it. For our first non-basketball guest of the MSP North podcast, we welcome on Austin P and Springfield alum right-handed pitcher Luke Brown. Luke, how we doing? Good, man. How are you doing? Hey, it's great to have you on here, especially after a really nice weekend that Austin P baseball had. It's first series win over a Power 5 opponent since 2013. The Govs took two of three from Boston College. Luke, talk to me about that series and how big it kind of was for your team to start off the season. Well, um, what I will say is, like, when we, uh, when we were playing Boston, obviously, you know, we're, they're power five. It's kind of what, you know, we saw that, that uh, last year they were kind of last in their conference. So we're, we kind of had high hopes uh, when it came to, you know, trying to win the series. And, you know, we had a lot of confidence going in. And then we lost that Friday game. And uh, I remember the guys were talking about how, like, man, you know, that seems highly beatable. And I, I think we, you know, we can take the series from them. And uh, then that Saturday game happened. And then we ended up walking it off on a walk, um, which was just electric, you know. So then now we're like, hey, we're, you know, we have another shot to, you know, another game to win the whole thing. So then the Sunday game happened. And, I mean, it was like a hit parade the whole time. I mean, Winds blowing straight out, perfect day of baseball. Like, you know, um, it was just, it was insane. I mean, I can't, I can't like express how crazy that uh, Sunday game was. Uh, like from our, I would say from like the pitching perspective, uh, not a great weekend for the Govs, but um, from a hitting perspective, I mean, it was just super clutch. The guys were getting timely hits. I mean, they kept on bringing guys in the bullpen trying to, you know, minimize, but, you know, the guys just kept on timely hits. I mean, when the score was a 11 to one, I think it was a third or fourth inning. Mm-hmm. Um, just our guys having enough goal to go up there and, you know, tie the game up 13, 13, I think it was in the sixth or seventh, somewhere around there. And then just, uh, end up getting a, a walk-off win as well at the end of the game, the same way we did on Saturday. Um, man, it just, it light everyone up and, I'm I'm really glad that our hitters, you know, came in, did the job, and yeah, they did they did really well. So it was huge. Yeah, you had that start on Sunday. Um, obviously, you would have you would have liked it to personally go a little bit better for you, but when you see the final score is 18 for to sure. 17, um, you know, not not too not too bad. You know, it, you got the win, um, <laughs> and uh, and you know. Everyone was hitting that day. It wasn't just off of you, but uh, uh, you are also coming back from an injury. Your first start off an injury that kept you out all of last season. Uh, why don't you tell us about um, kind of what you were going through with that injury and what the recovery was like? Man, um, so I got surgery in 2020, I believe. Um, the Tommy John is kind of like one of those things where it's, you get the surgery, you know, you just have to do a lot of physical therapy. Also, it takes about a good year. Um, you know, like I would say like the injury is taught me, you know, it teaches you a lot about how to take care of yourself. Um, but it also taught me a lot of like, you know, just every, you know, you can always do something every day. I mean, it was, it was one of those things that like, 
you look back on it, it was like you, you got injured, you know, you're, you're put behind, but it also showed me a lot of, you know, stuff that, that I can progress in my game and um, obviously get better and try to help out, help out my team as much as I could. Uh, but recovery was good. Um, I, I enjoyed uh, that process, you know, because and then plus we had COVID too during that time. So getting the, the treatment and all that stuff uh, was very tough to say the least. Um, but coming out of that injury, getting a couple starts under my belt and, you know, trying to do the best I could really just helped me progress my career. And it's kind of just, like I said, like even with the start that I had previously, you know, obviously not a great one, but, uh, just sticking to the process, you know, that I've been doing since I've been injured and just trying to, you know, compete the best I can and, you know, keep moving forward. I think that's kind of where my head's at right now. And when you mentioned getting a couple of starts last year, I think you had a, a one hitter against UT Martin in a complete game. Uh, you know, Austin Peay's returning a lot of pitching this year. 80% of their innings from last year have come back this year. And I'm curious whenever you have kind of guys like Drew McIlwain and yourself and even Harley Gollard, how those guys kind of help as a staff and how returning so many innings kind of influences a pitching core, so to speak. I would say, obviously, and I think, you know, everyone can agree with this, is like there's just a lot more maturity, a lot more like guys that are just, you know, obviously they know, they know how to prepare for certain things. They kind of have an understanding of what type of pitcher they are. So, like, I guess through the fall, it's like, hey, you know, I'm probably going to do this or I'm going to start or I'm going to close or whatever. So we kind of had an idea of where everyone's going to be at, which helps a lot. Because I think a lot of times when you get a new pitching staff, everyone's questioning, like, you know, where am I going to go? Um, so I think returning back arms again and having guys who are who just understand the role or understand that uh, they could do a lot for us. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to returning so much, you know, pitching. Um, also, the experience, I think, is a huge deal, especially in college. You know, you get it, you know, everyone kind of understands how college is and how the game goes and kind of understand that, you know, it's a long game and, you know, staying healthy is another thing, too. So that I think that's the biggest positive. And obviously, like you said, like having Harley and Drew in there, uh, to help us out as well is, is a big deal, uh, can help us go farther. And I think so far, I mean, you know, we're having, like you said, I mean, before then, having ups and downs and, you know, um, I think having more of a, you know, older pitching staff helps with those, you know, big spikes and helps uh, get us back to normal and back to where we, you know, we should be. Yeah, and this is kind of a an... – a unique season for Austin P baseball as it is uh, your guys last season in the OVC. Um, I'm, I'm curious about if that's something that you guys have put any thought into as you prepare to move to the a sun with this kind of being your last time hosting a lot of those OVC opponents. And if you've looked ahead to uh, the a sun at all. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, honestly, we've been, we're going to play a lot of a sun opponents uh, during the midweek. So I guess in that case, we're kind of looking, you know, kind of see where they're at, where they stack up. Um, but the, I guess, you know, the good answer would be just we're kind of focused on the OVC right now um, because obviously that's who we have and that's what we're trying to win, especially since the last time we we're going to be in OVC, we're going to try to win the championship and do whatever we can to, to win that and be one of the, you know, when we leave, we have one of the OVC championships. But, yeah, definitely look at the A-Sun. We're going to be playing a lot, like I said, in the midweek. Um so we're, we're excited to move um, today, son. It's going to be a different challenge, I think. 
uh, especially for our guys. And I'm hoping that uh, it all, you know, the transition moves well. But I hope this season we kind of win the OVC title before we leave. Now let's transition into the OVC a little bit and into some conference opponents, but add some local flavor in. So Belmont is a team that you guys are obviously very well familiar with. Belmont is a powerhouse in the mm-hmm. OVC, I say. But one of the pitchers, the new relief pitcher for Belmont this year, Caleb Geiswhite of White House Heritage. I'm curious, you know, with the possibility of two Robertson County guys having the opportunity to go against each other, is there any connection there? Do you know Caleb at all? And you guys talked about maybe playing against each other when the conference slate picks up. You know, honestly, I, I do not know him. Um, I uh, never really we like we played with White House. Never really got too close to that um, to, to the players per se. Um, but I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I'm glad that a bunch of Robertson County guys are getting a chance to play college ball, and I'm really glad to play against uh, another Robertson County guy for sure. You know, I think uh, baseball is one of those things. I think in Robertson County that's picking up, and uh, I, I'm really really glad for that because um, you know usually football is kind of the bigger deal, and uh, which is fine. But uh, having a bunch of guys represent, you know, the area, I think, is a, a huge deal. So I'll, I'll be glad. I'll probably go say hi to him before we uh, see it off. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that he told me. So that's good. And, you know, with, with Springfield season starting up, and I think about a week's time, you're obviously a big advocate for Springfield baseball with it being where you're from. Grant Donkin, one of the big guys on that team this year, he's getting some looks from Trevecca from what I've heard. What can you tell us, if anything, about Springfield baseball this year? What should we expect? And you know, even with some Clarksville schools that Springfield's likely to play, what what should we expect from Springfield baseball this year? So, um, great thing. I, I get to go and hang out with the team sometimes uh, during the winter. You know, when I get off. And uh, what I could say is right now I've, I've, I've talked to a bunch of Clarksville schools as well, and, and they say Springfield's going to be pretty good this year uh, just from returning all the guys. And like you said, Grant, uh, he's kind of a big arm for uh, Springfield. Um, they also got a catcher, man, I, I, I forgot his name, but, um, he's going to be pretty good. I think, um, you got also, uh, no Walsh's brother Carter. Um, I think he's going to be another arm that's going to help. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of looking forward to them being pretty, pretty good or, you know, at least top of the, uh, the district, which I really hope so. Cause they, they deserve it. Um, Martone's excited obviously. And, uh, I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, I, I do, I don't, you know, I couldn't tell you where they're going to stack up yet, but, um, I think they're going to be uh, a solid team this year. Well, Luke, uh, a great interview as always. Thank you so much for taking the time on the MSP North podcast today, and best of luck this weekend against Bowling Green. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Luke. All right, I'll see you. Like I said, you know, Luke, Luke is always a really great interview. I talked with him after he was coming back from that Tommy John surgery last year, and what was interesting was that they weren't really – they were going to try to ease him into the season a little bit, and then that first weekend against Dallas Baptist, he's thrown into relief. So from there, he picked up a rotation spot and had a pretty solid season, I think, coming back from Tommy John. Um, and, you know, he's got the Sunday spot right now as a starter. Yeah, absolutely. And pitching on those Sundays, I mean, that's such an important spot because, you know, that's that, that's that last game of the series. That's a lot of times that those Sunday's games are – those Sunday games are going to be how you remember that series going back. So uh, getting those wins on those Sundays, being that guy – it's it's a huge it's a huge game for those teams. Um, so that, that's our first basketball uh, or non basketball interview in the books. Uh, first first of many, but that'll that's that's MSP uh, North history right there. 
Yeah, it's nice to – I mean, it's been great talking with all these basketball coaches. I think they've got some great minds and stuff. And, you know, as we kind of roll into baseball a little bit, I thought it'd be nice to get in the player, nice to get in a little bit of flavor, not only for Springfield, but Austin P as well. That's right. It, it, it double dips there. Um, now let's look at our uh, players of the week. Uh, Blaine, I know you got uh, – some some pretty good stuff in there, some champions in there. So why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, start us off? Sure. So we look back. I mentioned last week, game of the week was going to be East Robertson and Joe Burns girls. East Robertson boys reaches the district 8-1-A championship. They end up winning it. Shouts to Taylor Groves for getting 27 points in that. His brother, Sean, now back on the team this year. Uh, he's been hurt a lot of the year, I think, with the knee injury. I'll, I'll be able to get more on that on Saturday, but... It'll be really interesting to see how that dynamic works as the region goes, but it looked like he played a lot in that game. So Taylor Groves now with his brother, District A1A champions after winning four games last year. On the girls' side, Julia Arms of Joe Burns. Uh, it's not a name I'm not expecting a ton of people to be familiar with. Sophomore who really had to step up because of Grayson Bryant's uh, ACL and meniscus injury that she suffered a couple weeks ago. She steps up and scores 22 points against East Robertson uh, to get Joe Burns the District A1A championship. So they're the top seed in the region, and they'll face Gordonsville on Friday. Yeah, so there you go. One familiar name, one new name. Um, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately not going to be able to follow suit. I'm going with two very, very familiar names, both Clarksville uh, players, because that's just kind of the way it worked out this time. Um, starting off with J.J. Wheat. Um, I mean, this is about as obvious as a choice as it gets this week. Uh, last night against Rossview in the uh, District 13 4A Boys Championship game, JJ scored 32 points against Rossview, uh, including the game-winning, uh, kind of a tip-in, um, getting kind of getting a rebound and putting it back up. It wasn't necessarily at the rim, but just uh, it was the game winner. Um, I can tell you that. And. Uh, and I mean, just an incredible game by JJ. He he was showing his range. He was getting to the rim. He was drawing fouls. He was playing great defense. Really, just just doing it all. And uh, that's kind of something we've come to expect from him. Uh, he won his third straight district MVP, which is crazy. I I don't know of many players that have done that. Um, he's won it every year since he was a sophomore, um, and uh, definitely going out strong as a senior. Um, and Amari Berry. Speaking of sophomores, uh, she. Didn't quite win district MVP. I know some people were a little confused at that, but it went to another very deserving player in Sydney James DeRoche at Rossview. Um, but Amari Berry scored 27 points in her district championship win uh, over Rossview. She's made, I believe, five three-pointers uh, in that game, which I actually got a great quote from Rossview head coach Justin Woods after that game. He said, um, when priority number one is to stop number two from making her threes, <laughs> If she makes five of them, you know that's that's not that's not great for them. <laughs> um, but Amari Berry, twenty-seven points. She's, uh, I mean, she's just. I, I've said it a million times. She's she's an incredible player. Um, and you know, twenty-seven points in that district championship game to win her first district, carry her team to that as just a sophomore. Pretty incredible stuff. Now, was Sydney James DeRoche tournament MVP or just regular season MVP? regular season MVP they ended up really yeah yeah there were definitely some people confused about that because you know like I said she's incredibly deserving she's an Eastern Illinois commit she was really the best player on Rossview all season and they were the the regular season district champions um but with the way Amari Berry played and, and she's a Miss Basketball finalist 
Um, so it does make you wonder a little bit, but you know, obviously nothing against uh, Sydney. She she had an amazing season as well. Of course not. But Brady, I'm going to put you on the spot now and kind of ask you who you think the District 13 4 a most valuable player should have been. Yeah, that is putting me on the spot. You know, I, I hate to have to, you know, take a side on this, but um, I, d- I probably would have gone with Amari. She, uh, I mean, she's a, she's a Miss Basketball finalist for a reason. She's picking up all these in- insane Power 5 offers. Um, but I, I understand wanting to give it to a senior. Um, that's I, I assume that's probably why, part of why uh, Sydney got the uh, the nod. Um, but personally, I think Amari was probably the best player in the in the district. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree there. I think that that senior kind of designation maybe had some weight to it. Uh, and you know, Sydney, like you said, great player, deserving of it. Amari's just a very very good player too. Yeah, absolutely. So we've discussed you know some district championships and we've been running through those all week and finally through those now i think unless you've got another one coming up tonight no we're we're through them we're we're headed on to region now and uh for clarksville academy they're they're in state right now so we're 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 getting to the end game which is uh you know i don't know if you'll kind of take a side on this but it feels like in my opinion my best work and i think your best work too probably comes at this point of the year for it's some reason, easy, it's, yeah, it's always easier to write a good game story when you've got a great game to cover. Yeah. You know, like right. it's 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 hard to write a good game story when you know you got a running clock in the third quarter or something, or um, you know, there's just not a lot to write about. But you know, games like l- last night, I covered Clarksville versus Rossu, the that boys district championship, and like I mentioned when I was talking about JJ, just an incredible game, and you know, it felt like I blinked and there were you know. 700 800 words on on my document um so yeah i, I definitely i i would agree with that i feel the same way it's almost like a switch almost turns on after last night's game in the same way as i was driving home i opened my notes app and turned on talk to text and just started talking into my notes app <laughs> and then you know it's 300 400 words by the time i've you know put it onto the page it, like i said just almost a switch turns on whenever you're in the district semifinals and even the district finals, just something changes. Yeah, and, and when I'm writing, I like to just put on Spotify for some ambient background noise, but there are some nights where I, I won't even remember to turn it on because I just get straight into writing, and last night was one of those nights. I, I was like halfway through writing my second story. I was like, oh, I never, I never put any music on. So, uh, yeah, definitely sometimes that zone, you, you just, it, it, you're just straight into it. Um, but uh, let's get into our uh, one thing segment. We... Uh, we got with the uh, with the regions coming up, some some district action finally behind us. Uh, I know we got some some good things to talk about for sure. And you know, we'll we'll start with one that's maybe not so good to hear from White House girls basketball fans. But last last Monday's game, so Monday's district championship between White House and Creekwood, the Lady Blue Devils just ran into a buzzsaw. It was. Actually, a 10-point game the last time White House and Creekwood met at Creekwood. And this time, it was not that. Ew. I believe it was 8-4 to four to start the game. And it turned out being 66-36 to 36 in favor of the Lady Redhawks. It's a really tough game. There was a full-court press there from, uh, from Creekwood that really seemed to cause fits for White House. They still have the number two seed and actually have a pretty favorable matchup in Hume Fogg. And I'm certain they'll make it past that round. They swept Hume Fogg in the regular season. But 
I just, I don't know. It was a, a really tough game. It sounded like head coach Bailey Folk really thought her team could compete against Creekwood as they had in the past. And that, what, that night was not it. Buzzsaw indeed. Creekwood's having a great season. Um, now, a team that had some trouble with, with, their, with the, their championship matchup earlier this season, uh, the Kenwood boys, they uh, had lost their two previous games to Henry this season. Very close games, both at home and on the road. Um, I actually, I wasn't able to get to either of those because, well, one was at Henry. One was uh, at Kenwood during uh, when uh, Clarksville Academy was playing a postseason game. So I just, you know, had to had to make uh, some priorities there. But uh, they lost a really close game to Henry County. Uh, Chase Cronin called it a heartbreaker. Calling it a heartbreaker was an understatement. Uh, for Kenwood, but they finally got their revenge on Henry County, beating them last night to win that district in Chase Cronin's first year. I know they are just absolutely thrilled about that. Um, Kenwood having a really good season. They've faced a, a lot of ups and downs, but um, you know they're they're going to be a really dangerous team in the postseason, and uh, they're going to have to face Northeast in the first round. And obviously, Northeast is a team with a lot of postseason experience, especially Sam Young, their head coach, uh, won their last four district tournaments. Um, but, you know, they're the number four seed this year. Uh, they're a much younger team, and uh, Kenwood is, uh, they're, they're going to be tough. They're going to be a tough out. They can score a lot, and uh, I know they're really looking at their defense as well lately. So, um, you know, just a huge, huge congrats to Kenwood for getting that district championship over in uh, District 14. Yeah, we talk about the region matchup a little bit, and you were at Springfield Northeast consolation game last night mm -hmm. and from this game Henry County will now face Springfield in the first round of the region. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I was actually I was talking to Micah Rochester after the game uh, after that that Springfield got their big win um, They were actually getting ready to head out to Kenwood so they could watch that Kenwood Henry County game because They didn't really know much about either wow. of those teams um, I asked him uh, how, how he felt about being the three seed instead of the four and he said ask me tomorrow because then I'll know whether we have to go to Paris or not. And well, unfortunately they got to make that trip out there to Henry County. So they're probably not too thrilled about that. They might have, they might rather be the four seed in that case, which is weird to say, but the trip to Kenwood is a lot easier than to, uh, to Henry County from Springfield. It definitely is. But you know, Ro Rochester's team, and this is kind of a, a half thing for a second. You know, Rochester's team won two of three out of that district tournament and right. you know played Clarksville really close in the first half right that's right they did well you know they'll have an interesting matchup and I think Springfield girls will play Henry County in the first round too so that's a, a double header for the first round of the region right. uh, next one thing I've got Joe Burns girls as I've previously mentioned winning the district 818 championship and they do it without their motor uh, as I mentioned Grace and Brian on February 12th Maybe, maybe February 11th. Uh, tore her ACL in meniscus in a, in a first quarter drive against Greenbrier. Really, just a horrible way to go out for your senior season. I believe she was less than 20 points away from 1,000. What, what was really interesting was that she tried to play on Saturday in the district championship. She had this huge brace on her leg with a torn ACL in meniscus. I have no clue how Joe Burns allowed her to play. But she did see time on, on the court. And, you know, as I mentioned, Julia Arms stepped up big. Brooke Dallin had a great game, as she always does. And Joe Burns, you know, we'll see how far they go in the region. But, you know, it's going to be really important that some players continue to step up throughout this region tournament. 
because they're without one of their top offensive players and arguably their very best defensive player. Yeah, without a doubt, man. <laughs> Trying to play on a torn ACL, that's, that's something the greatest athletes in the world can't even do. So <laughs> she, really I mean, She's probably 5'1", five, 5'2". Five, you know, yes. I have no clue. I, I saw it and I thought, is that Grayson? I saw the photo from our photographer, Ken Herndon, and I, I thought, is that Grayson Bryant on the court? <laughs> Gosh, that's that's something. Um, but, uh, you know, that shows a lot of uh, toughness. And, I mean, a team that's been showing toughness lately is, is the Rossi boys, man. They, they started this season on kind of a rough note. They lost eight of their best players from last year, including Ronald Jessamy, who's uh, playing some at, at some big-time programs lately. Um, he, he's going to be a guy who probably plays D1. They lost a ton of seniors, so they, they had kind of a slower start to this year. They had a lot of guys who were either not getting minutes at all in varsity last year or playing JV. So. Um, but they were in the district championship last night against Clarksville. It was their second game against Clarksville that was decided by uh, two points. So, I mean, just the fight that they've shown is just absolutely incredible. Johnny Jackson has done an incredible job coaching that team this year. Um, you know, it, 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 even though Clarksville has beaten them three times, I still have to kind of weigh the, the options of coach of the year once uh, once postseason awards come around because, I mean, Johnny Jackson has just done that good of a job coaching this team. Um, but, you know, I talked about Rossview being, or I'm sorry, Kenwood being a tough out. Rossview, I mean, I, I can almost uh, I can almost see Clarksville and Rossview playing again for the region championship because they've beaten Kenwood twice, Rossview has, and, uh, you know, Henry County, a good team, but having to come all the way here for uh, region games once we get into that semifinal round, that's going to give the Clarksville teams a leg up. And, uh, I mean, Rossview just, the, the way they've gotten this far this year uh, is, it's, it's, it's extremely impressive. Well, you know, you look at your, your district, District 13 4A, and you see another coach. You kind of see the, the, the work that Johnny Jackson has done this year with, with another coach that has lost a ton of talent in Sam Young in Northeast. I mean, yeah. it, very similarly, if you lose that many players, you're not expected to be that good the next year. You're not expected to not only reach the district championship, but play in overtime to a team that's lost twice all year. Yeah, it's incredible. And we, we go from that to a team, and I, I know I sound like a broken record here, but East Robertson, you know, back on top after a four and I want to say 22 year last year, maybe four and 18. It, it, was a, it was a tough year, and obviously that was without Taylor Groves, but it's not just Taylor on this team. Elijah Groves has stepped up. Sean Groves, like I mentioned, is back now. I believe Jordan Barnard was named to the all-district team this year. They have a really solid team, and of course, uh, I've said it on this show before, they have a tough region ahead of them with Clay County and Pickett County, but they've got a lot of pieces right now. I think they're building a lot of confidence, and it's hard to dispute against anyone that hasn't lost in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's a heck of a winning streak. Um, and, you know, I, I, that, that's actually a good... I didn't even mean to do that. Good transition to my next team. The Rossview girls had a huge winning streak going into the district championship against the Clarksville girls. Um, and Clarksville beat them. I mean, th that that was uh, that was their third matchup this season. Rossview had won the past two, won by a lot, won by a little. Um, and Amari Berry's 27 points just that that really vaulted them over the top. But I also want to give huge props to Milan Smith. She's a freshman, and she had 17 points in that game. Obviously. As good as Amari Berry is, she can't beat teams as good as Rossview by herself. Um, 
and Milan Smith, 17 points in that game. She's been an interesting player this year. You know, they uh, they lost, I think, four seniors from last year's team, four starters who uh, were seniors, um, with Mari Berry, of course, being the one starter they returned. Um, and, and players like Milan Smith have had to step up, and uh, she's been a, a huge emergence for them. She she, uh, she doesn't look like a basketball player. She she kind of she's a freshman, so she's still she's not very tall. She's maybe five three ish, uh, has kind of a baby face, but she I, I actually tweeted this during me. She has a, a killer floater. I mean, she she kept getting into the lane, and I mean from from all all around too, I, like. From any angle, she would just put that floater up, and it seemed automatic. It, it was pretty incredible. So scoring 17 points against a team as good as Rossview, uh, she's the third leading scorer in that game behind Mari Berry and Sydney DeRoche. So that's uh, it was an impressive performance, and if she's able to keep doing things like that, Clarksville is going to be even more dangerous than they would have been. Um, so props to props to Clarksville and Amari Berry and Milan Smith. Of course, Angel Martin had a good game too. Um, they could be really coming together at this point. Well, I, I gave you a couple of transitions easily, so I think you're going to give me one here. It's tough to beat a team three times is the, the moral of the story. Uh, obviously, Clarksville beats Rossview after Rossview sweeps the regular season series. Very similarly, Greenbrier boys 24-3 and entering the district championship against Portland. Had swept Portland in the regular season just by eight points, but those games were all because Greenbrier pulled away late. You have a similar situation in this one. Greenbrier is down as many as 10, works its way back, and takes a lead with 20 seconds left, all for Portland to just grab a missed shot and a putback. Duncan Smallwood, uh, you know, gets the district MVP, and Chase Runyon gets 10 behind him, all because it's tough to beat a team three times. They're going to throw different things at you, and I know they're out of our coverage area, but Portland's been such a, an interesting story this year. Losing former Springfield head coach Gerald Travis three weeks ago. And with an interim coach and the number three seed in the tournament, it really defied all odds there. And kind of they beat Creekwood in double overtime and then handed Greenberg just its fourth loss of the year. So both of those games, Ben Wallace kind of mentions upsets and things like that at the beginning of the show. It's tough to beat a team three times and anything can happen at this point in the season. Yeah, and then my last team that I'm going to talk about is the one that's going to be going up against Ben Wallace this week is the North Northeast Girls. They, uh, they've got a really good core of seniors. Uh, ben mentioned Sierra Bowser, um, who has been just a great player for, for Northeast for the past several years. Uh, Krasani Mitchell is a great post player for them. Uh, Adriana Smith has been having a really good season for them. Uh, it's it, My big question is, can these girls go out strong? Are they going to go out... Um, it's going to be tough to beat Northwest, obviously, um, but can they go out and give Northwest a really good fight? You know, can they go out, you know, on a game that they're proud to have played and, you know, not go out there and, you know, lay a dud or anything? You know, you want to see them go out and just play a really, really good basketball game. And uh, with, with some of the talent they have, I know they're, they're very shorthanded this year. I think they have seven, eight players max on the roster. So it's a, <laughs> yeah, they, that's a short bench that they got this year. But, uh, you know, those are some really good players that they have, and I, I, I'm looking forward to, to hoping to see them, you know, finish the season with a bang or keep their season going. So, Brady, you mentioned that you'll be at Clarksville Academy this upcoming week for the district, or not the district, the state tournament at this right. point. Clarksville Academy looking to get to the next round. Where else are you going to be? 
So uh, on Friday, I think I might go to that Northwest and Northeast girls game. Um, I haven't seen Northwest in a little bit. And, um, you know, I think that'll probably be the better, the best game out of those that'll be in the city. Um, because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see some of the other games going as possibly close as this one will. Um, as far as the boys, uh, it's going to really depend on how the timing works out for, uh, for that, uh, Clarksville Academy game. If they play an earlier afternoon game, then I'll should be able to get to two games. Um, in which case I'd probably go see Kenwood in Northeast, which should be a really good game. Um, but otherwise it'll just be that Clarksville Academy game. If that's also a night game, cause you know, you got to prioritize those state games. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully I can get to all those games. If not. You know, I'll at least be at two. How about you? What are you looking at? Friday, we've got Joe Burns in Gordonsville. Very important for, you know, getting to the region, of course, or getting to where the host sites are in the region, I should say. Joe Burns, as I've mentioned, you know, while they are the one seed, they've obviously lost a, a key cog to their team. So it, it's all going to matter. I think every game is going to be a challenge, regardless of how good the other team or how not so good the other team has played this year. I think it still is going to be a challenge for Joe Burns to win some games, to get far in the region, or get as far as they have been getting, you know, to the sectional round and the region championship before that. Uh, Friday, uh, as I've mentioned, I'll be at – or Saturday, I should say. I'll be at East Robertson to watch East Robertson and Red Boiling Springs boys. Should be a great weekend of basketball. And uh, that's going to wrap us up for the MSP North podcast today. This is kind of a longer episode as uh, we had plenty to talk about. We had some great interviews. Um, definitely, I think I, I think definitely one of our better episodes yet. There's a lot of great content this time around, um, as usual. But this time, you know, when you get to this, this point in the season, it's, it just feels different, you know? Yeah, you know, I think Ben Wallace and Luke Brown kind of carried the load for us today. So, shouts to them. They did a great job. Um, but thank you guys, as always, for listening. Thanks for sticking with us for all 50-plus minutes this week. And we look forward to talking to you again very soon. This has been the MSP North Podcast with your hosts, Brady McAtamney and Blaine Keller. Follow the show online at MainStreetPreps.com. Follow Brady on Twitter at Brady underscore MSP and Blaine at Sports underscore BK. The MSP North Podcast is a Main Street Media production.